I haven't been binge eating for several weeks, and I feel like I'm even losing some weight. But then the cravings and the urges started up again this week. Yesterday, I ate a very big, filling lunch with veggies, beans, and rice, and then I had this lingering craving for sweets. After about 15 or 20 minutes, I decided to start eating sweets to get rid of the annoying craving. I was going to just have a serving of ice cream, but that turned into more of several things. It's the first binge I've had in a long time, and I'm so disappointed. And then the same thing happened again today, this afternoon, on a larger scale, which I haven't done two days in a row forever. It's confusing to me because I feel like I've been working so hard on acknowledging and caring for my feelings. This email from Charlotte was one of many that she and I had exchanged over the last six months. She's come a long way in managing her emotions and engaging in regular self-care, and her work has really paid off. For several weeks, she had almost no binge eating disorder symptoms at all. I know that falling back into old behaviors isn't a major issue of concern. To me, I see it as part of the journey. But still, I do feel for Charlotte, because I know how disappointing it is to have come so far and then suffer a slip-up. Today, I'll take you through some mental exercises that really helped Charlotte through this spot. And that way, you can have them handy in case you suddenly find yourself struggling or feeling like you're slipping. This is the Breaking Up with Binge Eating Podcast, where every listen moves you one step closer to complete food freedom. Hosted by me, Georgie Fear, and my co-coach, Mary Claire Brescia. I asked Charlotte to tell me some more about what was going on in her life right now, since we could probably find some explanation for the suddenly increased challenge she was feeling. Here are some of the things I've noticed come up in the last 24 hours, she wrote. I thought I was tending to these, but I guess general anxiety over them still leads to overeating. 1. Yesterday I received blood work results from my physical, and there's a bit of fear now about needing to lose weight to lower my cholesterol, and I want to make my body stronger to fend off things like COVID-19. 2. I told myself I need to walk 3 miles a day, and I think that generated some anxiety about getting it done. 3. Physically, I feel less good than usual today. Lyme disease treatment has me feeling about 50% or 60% most days for the past year or so, and that leads to discomfort and fear and sadness about whether it's COVID, is my body able to handle it, and will I ever feel good again? 4. I went on a date last Thursday, and despite the fact that I thought it went kind of well, I haven't heard from him since, so there's this feeling of inadequacy. And 5. In general, I'm just feeling a bit down today despite also trying to work on a positive mindset. I'm even taking a positive mindset class. I wrote back, you're doing a great job of noticing your feelings and attending to them. It's okay if sometimes you notice your emotional state only after you've already been eating. I know you don't want to do that often as your goal, but it's reasonable to expect oops, sometimes one gets by you and instead of attending to the feelings first, you eat first and then circle back to take care of the feelings. But both are lots of progress from where you used to be. You used to automatically eat and never get around to the feelings. Virtually everyone with binge eating patterns is triggered by negative emotional states, plus a feeling of not being able to handle negative emotions. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? Negative emotions alone 
don't cause binge eating or other rash behavior. It has to be combined with the urgent feeling of needing to get away from feeling those emotions. Here's part one of what I wrote back to Charlotte. Charlotte, you might find you're able to reduce the negative emotions you feel by reframing the things that upset you. This basically means looking at the situation in a different way that's less upsetting. Now, it still has to be true, though. Lying to ourselves is not the idea. But usually, if we take an open, honest look at the stories and phrases we're telling ourselves, there's typically some more balanced, gentle, fair, or softer ways of looking at things. Here are some examples. Yesterday, I received blood results from my physical, and there's a bit of fear now about needing to lose weight to lower cholesterol. My reframe. I did the responsible thing by going to my annual physical. I got valuable information on things in my body which are going well, and I learned where I can take preventative steps to reduce my risk of COVID and heart disease. It's an advantage to know these things now, as opposed to not knowing for a long time, so now I can work on improving them. I like the idea of making myself stronger. That'll feel good. So as you can see, my reframe isn't untrue. It's simply a more positive, gentle, proactive way of looking at the same situation. Here's the next one that you wrote. I told myself I need to walk three miles a day, and I think that generated some anxiety about getting it done. Here's Georgie's reframe. Walking more could help me meet some of my healthy immune system goals, and it can help with lowering my cholesterol. Plus, I could get outside and soak up some vitamin D, smell the fresh air, and benefit from the mental boost being in nature is proven to provide. Some days I might not want to walk far, so I'll walk less on those days. Some days I might feel like walking even more. No pressure, I just want to see what I can do. If I haven't been walking at all, even a little is going to be an improvement. Alright, number three. Charlotte's quote. Physically, I feel less good than usual today. And she also went on about her Lyme disease treatment, leaving her feeling substandard most days, unfortunately. Georgie's reframe. Ah, being a human is tough. Unlike machines, we tend to vary. We have higher and lower energy days, higher and lower patience days, and mood. I guess we're like the weather. We're just not going to be the same day to day. My body's been really challenged by this Lyme disease treatment, and I'm glad not every day is as hard as today. But for now, I'll be gentle with myself and just do what I can. Perhaps today is one of the days for a slower, shorter walk instead of a faster, longer walk. I'm glad there's a lot of information right now about COVID, so I can read online to see if my symptoms are one that warrant a COVID test or if it's probably just my Lyme disease. If I'm not sure, why don't I call my doctor and ask them? The odds are I'll feel better again because hardly anyone has this condition last forever with no improvement. Most people do get completely better. And even if I have up or down days in the future, like many people with chronic conditions do, I'll get better and better at handling them. Onward we go to the next worry on Charlotte's list. I went on a date last Thursday, and despite it seeming to go well, I haven't heard from him since, so there's a feeling of inadequacy. Georgie's reframe. I wish I knew what the person I went on the date with was thinking. There's too many possibilities to guess what's in their mind. I won't assume it's anything I did or said. I had a nice time. If they did too, that's unfortunate that they're too shy to reach out again. 
And if they didn't think we were a good match, at least they aren't wasting my time leading me on. Next one. In general, just feeling a bit down today, despite also trying to work on positive mindset classes. Georgie's reframe. Feeling blue is normal. Everyone does. It's tough, but I can remember everyone feels this way, and that's a part of normal life. I can be gentle and nice to myself, and like all my other moods, this one will shift. What would be an enjoyable way to spend the next few hours? Okay, so that was part one, all about sort of reframing the recent concerns and things in her life, because probably the way she was thinking about these things was increasing her uncomfortable emotions, and in order to evade those emotions, she was finding herself turning to food. So if we can do some reframing like that on situations in your life, that's exactly what we want to do. Make you feel more comfortable, more hopeful, and more empowered to deal with the things that are coming up in front of you. So the second part of what I wanted to work on with Charlotte was handling the emotions that are left over. Because even if we reframe situations, even if we view our life circumstances in the most positive, gentle, helpful, self-compassionate light, there's still some stuff that is just sad or just frustrating. So we are going to need to handle some of those uh, sensations. So here's part two. So Charlotte, even if you feel less upset by the situations above, you probably won't get to 0% upset. I mean, my reframes are good, but they're not that good. You'll just be less upset, most likely. So it's crucial to remind ourselves it's normal to feel all the emotions there are, and we don't have to escape or get rid of them. Remember, life is a rainbow of emotions, including blue. Try to remind yourself that this feeling you have in any given moment is temporary, and it's part of living a full life. Talking about our tough feelings with other people is connecting, much more so than when we share only the highlights. So it could be a good time to open up and vent, reach out to friends, just like you reached out to me, and also ask if anybody else is feeling down today and could use some company. Not being alone itself is a comfort. So Charlotte wrote back to my part one and part two emails, this is amazing in all capitals, and that made me feel really good. Thanks so much, Georgie, for sending all of this. Seriously, your reframe of all my current feelings brings me so much relief. I've read them all multiple times already. Over the next few days, she checked in and told me that she was practicing letting herself feel blue when it came, but also noticing that there were better spots mixed in when she wasn't feeling worried or anxious. She decided to reconnect with a counselor that she had seen years ago to continue the emotional support, and when I next heard from her, things were going well again. So, dear listener, if you notice sometimes... Whoa, living a binge-free life suddenly just got much more challenging. That's okay. Take a pause. Write down all the things that have gone on in your life in, say, the last two weeks. Were there endings or beginnings? Were there notable events? Or is there a particular topic more on your mind lately? Writing these things down can help us see them more objectively. And then you can think, well, what are my other options for thinking about this situation? Is there something else I could tell myself about it? As I communicated to Charlotte, learning to reshape your thoughts this way won't leave you perpetually worry-free or constantly blissed out. Sorry. But it can help take emotions which feel like waves crashing over your head and make them feel more like 
a pool of water that you can swim forward and through. If you struggle to find alternative thoughts, there's help. A qualified therapist can be one of the best assets in recovering from emotional eating and binge eating. They can help you come up with newer, more helpful thoughts. Or if you're more of a do-it-yourselfer, look for a book on cognitive behavioral therapy. Or look for one on acceptance and commitment therapy. Both approaches can help you relate differently to the thoughts which are driving your distress. And when you have better tools, you don't need to rely on the old, outdated methods you used to use, like binge eating or compulsively eating. If you like what you heard today, please rate or review the show so more people can find it and benefit too. And if you're interested in bonus content, like full-length recorded coaching calls of Mary Claire and I working with our clients, you can subscribe right in Apple Podcasts or by visiting georgiefear.com slash podcast. As always, you can reach me at georgiefear at gmail.com. I would love your questions, your feedback on the show, or anything else that's on your mind. I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you.